In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my podcast, Pikachu, because the new, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, the uh, the new, uh, what's that What's that game called? What's it called? Pikachu? What's he on? You're in Japan, buddy. What's he on? I haven't been introduced yet. Oh, you haven't been introduced. Uh, what's it called? Why can't it? Pokemon. That's right. That new Pokemon game came out. So my podcast, Pikachu, is the one and only. Gotta catch them all. Travis Rads. That was that was pro- quite possibly the worst introduction I've given you. <laughs> I don't I don't know what happened to me. I don't know how I couldn't remember what a Pokemon was. Uh, but welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast, guys. Uh, I can't, I can't the- remember what a Pokemon is. I can't remember what a Pokemon is. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. Uh, we like to read uh, graphic novels and trades. Uh, in fact, I just heard an article that we can stop calling them graphic novels and we can just call them comics. That's what I heard. Uh, but you, we like this. to read. That's our discussion. NPR. I'm changing the order of what we're going to discuss, and I'm putting that on top. Okay. That's, it was on NPR. Uh, so here's what I'm going to say. Uh, we like to read long-form comic books, a full arc, if you will, of a comic. Uh, and we bring a guest on, we chat about it, and then we have little episodes like this where we just chit-chat about what's going on with us, what we're reading, what else is going on, a little bit of we – call we call them variants – so you're on a variant episode today, guys. Where where uh, Travis and I we're gonna we're gonna go back and forth about some comic stuff. Then we've got a little interview with Travis's dad, mm. which I'm excited for because mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, Travis's dad. And I'm gonna tell you now because that way you stick through this. I'm gonna tell you now so you stick through this. Uh, Travis's dad read Sex Criminals, and Travis uh, has a little interview conversation with his dad about his thoughts on reading the comic book Sex Criminals. And my dad How is in his seventies. I was gonna say, like, how old is your dad? Seventy years old. So, mm-hmm. sex criminals, seven-year-old dad. It it can only it can only get better. It can only get better. So, it'll get better for you and get a little awkward <laughs> for me. So, I pro- here we you, go. You approach it. I approached it as very much like a surgeon approaches like uh, a surgery. I just scrubbed up. Yeah. And I said, okay, let's keep let's keep the emotions out of this and let's just get <laughs> to the sex. <laughs> I like it. I like it. How many times does your dad say dildo in the in the? Does he say it at all? Does oh, he say t- the word like dildo t- today? <laughs> in the interview, how many times did he say dildo in the interview? Oh, I, I, he was actually a little bit restrained in the interview. He only said it like three oh. or four times. <laughs> normally, yeah, normally, it's like every other word out of his up. mouth. Yeah. Can we can we go back before we start it up? So can we talk about this yeah. graphic novels versus? Uh, comic books, or all right. So we, yeah, we have this. We, let's let's go through the things that we can call. You can call them comics. You can call them comic books. You can call them trades. You can call them graphic novels. Uh, am I missing any? I think I think that's it. I no. think that's good. Now, you can use. We use these on this show interchangeably, right? What comics are you reading? Well, I read this. Well, that's a trade. What or whatever, whatever it is. Does it bug you when people use the wrong subsect of? Uh, comics, because as comic exposure, there are a lot of new people trying to get in the comics that are like, what do I call them? Yeah, I, th- I think for me, um, there's a distinction between what I what I consider a graphic novel and what I consider a comic book, and it's the purpose of it. So for me, a graphic novel is something you write as one piece and you release as one piece, where comic to me, a comic book always seems more serialized. 
And then for our purposes, a trade is a collection of serialized monthly comic books, right? Yeah. Like that's my distinction. That's that's my distinction too. What's wrong with that? Why why are so why is NPR trying to stick their nose into things they don't know anything about? So here, here here's. That's what they've done. Here's M- well, NPR does talk a lot about comic books, whether you believe it or not. Uh, the article is essentially <laughs> this article is essentially about how March, uh, the book by about uh, Representative John Lewis during the uh, Civil Rights Movement, he was you know going on the march and uh, with uh, MLK and, and all that, and so um, it talks about how it won the national uh, the national book award for young people's literature. Mm. So it won a book award. And so the guy who's talking about it calls it a graphic novel twice. And he goes, all right, it's just a comic. Can we stop calling it? Like it's um, and, and it, I guess not even saying that it's a graphic novel, but just calling it fiction. Right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Or, you know, some people like to call it, sequential art which is just like a way to get out of calling what you're doing a comic book right right like it makes you i, I think i don't like that i don't term, like that i don't like sequential I, art i think we use the term graphic novel to make us feel less childlike as we read this stuff uh, and i think sometimes you use it to mask what you're what you're reading uh but really they're all comics uh but for me and for us we use that distinction to talk about a book that was written purposefully as a novel right as opposed to a serial comic. Right. Well, maybe we should take back the word comic like black people took back the N-word. Like, just start using it. Like, anytime someone says graphic novel, be like, oh, you mean that comic book on your desk over there? Yeah, I, that's, not a bad, that's not a bad idea. I just read this graphic that's not bad, that's not uh, novel called... Uh, you shut your mouth, it's a comic book! <laughs> <laughs> so, Yo, what I, up, my comic I, book? No. No, no, no. <laughs> so, for so what, my what comic I, book. for shizzle my comic book. So what I would say is, is um, for me, it's like the difference between a movie and a TV show, right? Comic books are TV shows. A graphic novel is a movie. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what well, I, I get. That's how I, I always thought, because we, we made this distinction early on when we read books like Underwater Welder and yeah. Persepolis, uh, Persepolis. Uh, those were graphic novels. Yes. Yeah. Those are graphic novels comic books so <laughs> now that we've got that out of the way now that we've got that out of the way travis i'm glad that we were able Not to settle that the great debate has a topic to discussed so heatedly i know i'm glad i'm glad we're through it so here's my question for you here's my question for you uh do you want do you want to do what we're reading now or do you want to save that for a little later do you want to do what um, we're or do you want me to let's talk what about, you want to do? Let's talk what, about do you, what we're reading okay let's talk about what we're reading we'll do what we're reading what we're reading what we're watching i've got a tale i got a tale a little later uh about me I've I've done some changes in my comic book reading habits, so we're going to get to that. But first, let's talk about what we're watching. Travis, or no, what we're reading. What okay. we're reading. We could do what that, do you yeah. read? I know. What are you reading, buddy? <laughs> I'm reading graphic novels. Uh, uh, comic books. You know, I, what I read this week is, you know, I have um, uh, visitors in town, so I've, uh, I haven't had a lot of comic book reading time. Uh, but I did get my hands on the second volume of Tokyo Ghost. Uh, and if you remember... If you listen to our show on the first volume of Tokyo Ghost Atomic Garden with Scott Taylor and Josh and I, we were discussing the book. Everyone pretty much liked it, but I really, really, really loved it. Um, you did. You loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I loved the book. I was like, man, this is where I fell. Uh, this is where I fell in love with my new favorite artist. Uh, <laughs> we got to see Remender doing some really good stuff, and it had that that kind of ultra violence 
comedy that I love. Uh, so I was really excited to get the second volume. Uh, and knowing that it is the last volume, like Tokyo Ghost is, is yeah, ended. And so yeah. I, I started reading it. And wow, the first um, the first issue of the trade, I was like, what happened to my Tokyo Ghost? It was a little bit rough. It went it went with what I think. I, I know you liked the book, but I think there were yeah. some you had some reservations about it. And the first issue of the um, second volume really kind of has the same tone as the first issue of the first volume. You know, yeah, that... I would say like I really liked it after the first issue of that first volume. I really fell in with it. I was a little leery about the first one. Does this do the same thing then? That same sort of like yeah, it starts you off and you're just like in media res, like big chase, lots of through like the the filth and absurdity of the city. So I will say this without spoiling it. Um, the things I uh, the the second volume is good when it focuses back on the relationship between um, Debbie Decay and. Um, um, Dent. Dent. Thank you, Harvey. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, not Dent. Harvey Dent. Not Harvey Dent. He's not Two Face. Uh, <laughs> but Dent. Um, and I think that is Lead Dent. Is yes, that it? Lead that's Dent. it. Led Dent. He doesn't even do the A. Um. So they uh they they stray out from that relationship a little bit more than the first volume. Uh, at times it's really heavy-handed political. Um, political wise, you could tell that Remender was deep into the Donald Trump uh, uh, run <laughs> when he was writing these. Yeah. Uh, he he probably had just gotten the nomination when you know that first issue of the volume came out, and it's very obvious. It's very heavy handed. Um, but the parts that I really like are still the parts I like from the first one. The relationship between Dent and Debbie Decay is there. Um, there's there's more. F- uh, humorous moments in this one, I think, and okay. uh, of course, uh, Sean is killing it on the art as always. So, I mean, just pick the book up because it's beautiful. It, it the first volume is gorgeous. So, I, it's been it's on my list. I have like a list of like, oh, I need to get the second ones of yeah, that, and that's too. that's that's on that's on my list. Uh, so, what I what I've been reading. So, um, I been I picked up Doom Patrol. So, I've been reading uh, Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. The dude from My Chemicals is now kind of like heading his own uh, branch of DC. Yeah, you were so talking about I, that. The dude from My Chemical yeah, Romance, he's heading his yeah. own branch, or is he just like, writing literally? Book? No, it's literally like a spinoff. It's like a, an a emblem of DC Comics. So it's called the Young Animals Imprint. So there's a couple books on it. Uh, he's not. I don't think he's writing them all. But uh, Doom Patrol, Cave Carson uh, has a cy- cybernetic eye. Um, let's see, Shade the Changing Girl, and there's one more, but I don't, or two more, but I, I don't remember the names are offhand. But uh, I've, Doom Patrol's been good. I really dig the art on it. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of uh, the art. I think I want to say Darrington is the dude's last name who's writing it. Um, is kind of is kind of killing it on on art. It's this wonderful kind of cartooning stuff that I like, and so uh, I'm digging that. I don't know what? a darn thing. Yeah, about do you Doom know Patrol? anything about Doom Patrol? I don't know anything about no. Doom Patrol, but I don't. I don't know. In the last about four it? years, that name has come up so much, and I'm like, this wasn't a, this wasn't a, like in my sphere when I was growing up. No, and, and so I thought, you know what? I'll, I'll check. I'll check it out. I'll, I'll go in uh, and, and see what I think about it. Um, but it's okay. So it's yeah. Nick Darrington is doing the is doing the um, art on it, and he's doing a great job. I love it. It's it's he's like 
fantastic stuff. Um, so that's really why I'm reading it because I think it's gorgeous and I think it'll make sense. Uh, but I'm about three issues in and it's it's not quite there yet. I don't I don't know everything that's going on, but I, I don't know these characters and that's and that's part of it. You know what I mean? So I thought I'd, I'd check it out. Uh, but I like the art. I follow Darrington on uh, on Twitter and on Instagram. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll check out what he's doing. Uh, I'm reading one on Image Comics called uh, Hadrian's Wall. Uh, it's a sci-fi book. Uh, they pulled it. It was a French comic book and now uh images is putting it out but it's like a murder mystery in space like a noirish oh. noirish murder mystery in space uh image we up- don't want to take your money but you you have to you good you are making so many good books now yeah i spit on your money image <laughs> so, so uh it's good it's I, I like it it's it's the art's kind of painterly uh Ooh. it's kind of different than most of the other stuff i, I read like i enjoy it um a couple number number ones that I picked up that I really dug Motro, which is a uh, out on Oni Press. That one's pretty rad. Um, What's the concept? He, uh, I, you know what? It's one of those things where this dude is in kind of a wasteland and he's got a little tiny motorcycle, like like an animal motorcycle. It doesn't make any sense, but it looks rad. And a dude's face, he punches like it. One and of his those face little ex- one of those little mini motorbikes that kids no, ride around no. on. Oh, you know, like the motorbike that uh, the that what's that that mouse's name? Ralph S. Mouse rides a motorcycle. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like that size, but it's like an animal. I, it doesn't. It makes okay. no sense. But you it heard is, it here, folks. Motro number one. If you, that sounds interesting to you, go pick it up today. <laughs> but it is it is wonderful cartooning. Uh, one, it's one of the guys who did. Uh, I'm pretty sure he drew some of. Uh, oh shoot, what's the um, Profit, and so oh, all those yeah, dudes who yeah, did Profit, yeah. whatever they put out, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up. Those dudes, uh, which also those is dudes I, are not just smoking stuff; they're definitely ingesting some sort of hallucinogenics as well. Yeah, yeah. So uh, speaking of that, the other dude, one of the other guys who drew it, the guy who drew the first part of uh, the guy who drew the first part of um, profit. Uh, profit. Yeah. So the guy who drew the first part of Profit, he has got a uh, uh, he just did a collection that came out of his work called habitat a great sci like this little nugget of wonderful sci-fi that's on this giant space station uh that's been great that's, that's my that, that's, that was been, that was my favorite um uh part of profit was the was yeah his run on it and it's that same sensibility i really dig that and i'm gonna tell you again travis if you haven't read this yet if you haven't read this yet i'm gonna kick you from no, across it, okay, i can give you several ocean. guesses is it the black uh uh black widow is nope. it um, um, what was the other one even trying to get me Dude, to, to read? All Star Freaking Batman. Oh, that's it. The Road Trip. I'm the tell- uh, Harvey Dent. I'm, or- I'm telling you right now, uh, issue four was the last issue that came out. I love this book so much. I love it so much. It uh, John Romita Jr. is drawing it. Snyder on it, but it is a blast. So I'm just telling you, get it, download it. And, and read it. It's four episodes or four episodes, four issues. You will love it. All right. Well, I'm going to be on the ev- trains today. I'll everything be, I want. I'm going to download it. Comical. Listen, I'm going to make you a promise, Josh. I will not do another I, podcast until at least four issues of All Star Batman are read. You hear that, fans? Tell you guys. There's going to be a bit of we a. We won't be doing a podcast for a while. <laughs> uh, but it's so good. You, you should you should definitely check it out. But that's some of the stuff I've been reading right now. Uh, I even read a GI Joe comic book. Uh, but we'll get into why I read that a little later. But so here we go. You guys. So that's what I've been reading. Uh, did you ever go to? Did you ever go to um, to switch gears? To switch gears, did you ever go to Gotham City? No. In Mesa, 
Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. Is that the one? No, I, thought there was, I thought it was in uh, Peoria. No, this is the downtown Mesa one. So there's a downtown Mesa okay. comic shop called Gotham City Comics. I haven't been in there a long time, uh, but I just popped in last night. I was having dinner uh, in downtown Mesa after a meeting right next to the comic shop, and so I had to go in because I can't control myself. And I just you, you found you like drift towards comic shops the way cartoon. Uh, animals drift towards like good smelling pies like the yes. like <laughs> the smell of comics hits your nose and you just kind of float up and like I, you know exactly where i go to i go to the boxes where the comic books are just a little bigger than normal size comic yeah. books those are the ones i love to jump into uh so i found a bunch of like random uh, those marvel graphic novels that i've been i've been picking up i found two of those i found this this crazy this weird graphic novel called uh the world of ginger fox hold it and up it's like uh, it's it's the world of Ginger Fox. It's like for mature readers only. Oh, that looks great. Uh, that looks. And awesome. it is. There's this wonderful poppy goodness of it. I, I put it up on Twitter so you can see Dude, it. There's it's some like, art. What's the uh, MTV music video guy who used to be on? He had like the glasses. Max like, Headroom. Yes, yes. <laughs> he looks like Max Headroom. It's, it's a little Max Headroomy, uh, but it is it is just wonderful on the inside. I haven't read it yet. I picked these all up yet. I picked like a pile of stuff up yesterday. Because they were in the like half off box, and they were all like six bucks to begin with. So I'm like, oh, I'll spend three bucks on this. So, so they're, they're going to go into your pile of I bought these, but I I'm, it's going to be like a year before I actually pick it up and read it. I do have like a stack of those that I've been making my way through. I have a stack of those Marvel graphic novels. I read like a Hercules one that was fun. Uh, I, so I, I'm making my way through them. Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> so that's what I've been reading. Here's what I want to know. Dude. Westworld, are you watching it? Dude. This is not comics related. Are you watching Westworld? <laughs> I'm gonna get brody with you, bro. Are you watching Westworld bro. right now? It's so true, it's out of control. Uh, I am. I am. I am. I didn't get last week's down, but um, I am. I am fully. I am plugged think? in. I am. I am part of the matrix of uh, Westworld. I love it. I th- I thought from episode one, uh, I w- I was in all the way. I don't think there's been a bad episode there have been some that have just been better than others but every show you watch you're like i can't do anything normally when i watch tv i'll be grading papers or like ironing or something like that i i can't like i have to like no one talk to me phone on silence everything down because i gotta focus because there's so much happening in the show there is there is it's one of those shows that you have like once it's over you have to buy the whole season and watch over and over again every different time you're gonna catch uh, another level of what's happening. Yeah, and yeah. there's going to be so many th- fan theories of this show that it hasn't been out long enough to even accumulate yet. Like people haven't even got a chance to sink their teeth into like this whole world. So let me ask you this, Josh: What yeah. is it about Westworld that they're doing well? What is it that that they're doing that we haven't seen on TV, television shows um, f- ever or for a long time? Here's what I like: It's sci-fi that doesn't treat you like an idiot. That's that's the my number one thing. Is it's sci-fi that that doesn't hold your hand. It's not like and this is a blah blah blah. And there's not a lot of info dumps. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that kind of bothers me about sci-fi sometimes is that you will have like a purely like they'll tell you everything about the story, mm-hmm. right? Somehow they'll get you all the information you need to know. Here's a funny here's a funny story. This is this is just this is between you and me in the podcast world. Mm-hmm. You and me in the podcast world. No one else hears this. Uh, my wife and I are watching it. You know how there's that big map, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like the map of the park. Yeah. And my wife goes to me. She goes, I still don't understand how they shrink people that small to get into that map. <laughs> she didn't know. 
<laughs> she did. She did. And and it was like we're it's a second episode, right? And so <laughs> you just give all these looks like again, it's a podcast. We're just like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, like it doesn't, it doesn't even it doesn't even negate a response. I was like, what are you talking just, about? It's a big sip from whatever you're drinking. <laughs> I'm like, it's a it's a map, and she's like, oh, I thought they were shrinking people into it and setting them in there. I'm like. No, they're like actually out west and it's like Disneyland. And so it's like the second episode in. That's why I love this show because literally I don't think she's alone. I do not think she's alone in that. I'm sure there's someone else who's watched it who who thought the same thing because they don't tell you that stuff. No, they don't. And you you just have to soak it in. And that's what I love about it is there's no like there's no hand-holding and HBO does that so well on mm. all of their shows because it, it it's a little higher brow. And I heard someone say that, like, is Westworld a pretentious show? Is it is it for pretentious people? I don't think it's for pretentious people. But it's definitely not if you're going to watch NCIS or CSI. This isn't your show, right? If you're, like, if you're, like, sitting at home and you're watching those serialized, like, crime dramas, this is not that, right? Like, this mm. is this takes, like... Some analysis, dude. So I don't think it's pretentious. I just think it's it's like TV that you have to kind of think about, you know? Right, right. And it has that whole – I mean this – the Westworld is – you know, it's semi-based on that Westworld movie, you know, the mm-hmm. concept that came out. Was it Yul Brenner was in that or something yeah, like that? Yeah, in the um, 70s. But we have, this isn't the first time we've seen this this theme. It's it's similar no, to the idea of Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park, you know? <laughs> uh, I, th- I think by the choice of – dinosaurs versus ai i think that brings a whole different question um to um what is our role as humans on the planet you know to evolve our species to play god to another species i mean there's this is so deep i'd love to be a college professor and just teach westworld like right? each class <laughs> is just a different episode like how many like 13 episodes great that's gonna get me through my semester one of my favorite concepts in the show, and this is this is what you talked about, like not hold, uh, holding your hand for sci-fi. Yeah, I love it how they they one of the ways they can get into Westworld is on that train, and it just kind of like starts over every day. That train ride in where they meet I, all. Yeah, those I love people. how it's exactly it's like Groundhog's Day, but yeah. like terrible Groundhog's Day. And if you think too deeply about that, the thing is, like some people will be like, "Well, that doesn't make sense. Well, how? What? And then, why would?" They? But you just got to be like, "That's cool." Next, moving on. Well, it's like you think about it this way. Have you ever – I mean you're not a video game guy, but it's essentially like real-life Grand Theft Auto. Like every day you get to walk into Grand Theft Auto and you could start the game over every single day if you want and just like, all right, this is who I am. There's somebody. Boom. And like <laughs> shoot them and see what happens and that's what it seems like to me. It's this weird exploration of sort of like our desire to put ourselves into this other world, right, this escapism. And our desire to do things that we would never do in real life. And it explores that. But on top of it, it's sort of exploring this idea of artificial intelligence. And kind of like the, you know, the, when artificial intelligence becomes sentient, right? Mm. And it's this cool thing. And dude, uh, let's talk about Anthony Hopkins. How yeah, I was going to say. Great. All right. How great is this? He, I, 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 wrote, I wrote down. This is what I wrote down on my sticky note. Anthony Hopkins, my boy, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. <laughs> uh, I hope someone makes great. an AI version of this guy because if he ever dies, we're going to need a replacement stat. 
and here's here's this magical thing. And so it it showed up in those Marvel movies first. Remember when they did like the young version of Michael Douglas mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the Ant Man movie? And you're and like, how man, that looks just that like that. Must have been. Yes. Know? And then they did the young version of uh, yeah Tony Stark, and it looked exactly like he did in back in those old '80s movies. And then they did that to uh, Anthony Hopkins, and you're like, shit, we can keep these people alive like, forever. forever, forever. Let's do it. Yeah. And once we get the I voice wanna... modulating ones where we yes. can just take their, uh, like, um, you know, uh, sounds, just put them together, yeah. they can be, like, reciting Shakespeare. Oh, man, it'd be great. It'd be great. What's your, all right, uh, so Hollywood? favorite favorite storyline. Favorite storyline. Uh, my favorite storyline is I kind of – I want to know this dude in the black hat. I want to know what's going on with him. Mm. But I also am really interested in uh, the, the lady who runs the brothel, that one. Yes, yes. Like, who realizes that she's the one who realizes she's alive mm-hmm. or not alive, but you know she what I mean? She breaks the That's, fourth wall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want, I want, I want that. I yeah. want to know what's going on. Those are my two right there. Yeah, mine's the black hat as well. I want to know what, what's this journey he's on. Yeah. And when he, when he, in uh, a couple episodes ago, when he, when it was, uh, uh, who's his name? Not Pollard. Um, he played Jackson Pollock. What's my what am I thinking? Yeah, uh, I know. I know who you're talking. I can't remember his name, but yeah, he played uh, Jackson. When, when he shows down with uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins, ooh, that was good. That scene where the both of them are in the uh, room together, and you're just like, okay, all right, here we go. Let's, yeah, let's let two actors just take take it over. And I do love that it's very talky. Like, there's a lot of shooting stuff and nudity, but there's some wonderful like dialogue talky parts that yeah. are just great and one of the thing is i was thinking about wow this must be so expensive this world is so big but then i started looking at what they show you it's not they're not showing you a lot of the world they're just very no. strategic about what they do show you they have yeah. that one part of the town they show like the ranch they show a bunch of walkabouts from the desert which is easy to yeah. go on the desert and film stuff and then like the lab i mean it's just but they have the illusion of this of you're like grand thing, yeah. Where yeah. you're like, this is a huge park. They've done a really good job of editing that show. Yeah. All right. So that's what. What's, and then you wanted to talk about this. So let's move on to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, my friend, are still watching The Flash. Yep. Which is which is fun. What do you think about this season right now? This sort of like I'm a couple episodes behind, Flash, but I'm, I'm Flash proud. stuff. Yeah, the Flashpoint. I I love how they refer to it as the Flashpoint. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just like hey, the. Because what is it? The villain names it the Flashpoint, right? Yeah. What's his yeah, name? Yeah. And then and then Barry's like, that's good. That's a good name. Flashpoint. I'm going <laughs> to use that. That's my Barry. Uh, but I love – but that's how they name everything in that show. Yeah. Like as someone just says something, they're like, yep, Captain Cold. Yep, that's it. Captain Cold. <laughs> and they'll do like a, like a weird look at each other like, oh, you did it again, didn't you, Cisco? <laughs> uh, but yeah, but I, I, like, I like the idea of having Flashpoint in there. It is becoming very Quantum Leap-esque. You are starting to – I mean, this, is, but I think they're giving fans a true insight into what reading Flash comics is like, uh, yeah, and why yeah. I think that the uh, DC television shows are quickly running into this are going to be quickly running into the same problem that the DC comics did with like Infinity Wars and rebooting <laughs> of universes. I think that train is barreling down the tracks of like uh, we have too many continuities. We're getting things mixed up. We need to reboot everything. Well, because I, I I know you're not watching Supergirl, but Supergirl is not in the same world, right? She's like on a different Earth, mm. but they interact. So her Earth isn't the same as Barry's Earth, 
So that throws everything off. But Barry and the Arrow share the same universe, uh, which is which is interesting. But you told me you're not watching Arrow anymore. I haven't been. I haven't been watching. The I Arrow. am. Re- I am reluctantly watching the Arrow because I feel it's going to tie into Flash, and I feel like I need to. I need to watch both of them. That's where they get. Why you, aren't Josh. you watching? That's where they get. You. Why aren't you watching Arrow? Why aren't you watching? And I'll tell you why I'm. Well, also, why I, I, am, I watched I all of last season, and it kind of uh, it was kind of tedious towards the end, and so I just didn't pick it up this this current season. And then I kept running into people who said that um, they. Um, they had stopped watching it and it wasn't good. So I was like, wow, it's not just one person saying that it's, it's not good. It's several people. So I was like, all right, let me just, let me just take their word for it for now. So I might go and watch it again, but at the same time for right now, I got a lot on my plate. The arrow is not on it. Yeah. I, for me, it's just, it seems like the arrow is, there's been all these articles popping up. Like this should be arrows last season. I don't think it should be arrows. I'm not against the arrow continuing on, but it is the oldest of these series, right? It's the oldest of these series. And I feel like they tried to do magic last time. They tried to like make it like the flash in season four. They tried to like go, Hey, we can be wacky too. Yeah. We've got magic and it didn't, it didn't sit well. It didn't work well. He is, he's Batman. He's Batman, right? So he should, or he's like Batman in Daredevil, right? Because he's street level, but he does he doesn't have the. I mean, he does have he does have rogues, yeah. But I think he works really well. Green Arrow works really well when he's kind of fighting, uh, at least on the TV show right now. It works really well when he's fighting um, like street level crime or corruption or saving the city, ABB, like that sort of always stuff. Always be brooding, right? Uh, and they've kind of I feel like magic jumped the shark and it feels like they're trying to bring it back this season a little bit, mm-hmm. but they aren't because I know you're not watching it, but yeah, they have yeah, the Ragman on. Do you know the Ragman? Do you, you know that, no, that no, comic no. book character? No. So essentially you've got the arrow now has a whole different team. He's got him, uh, someone else who shoots arrows, uh, wild dog who is like Casey Jones uh, from okay. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And then he's got Mr. Terrific. Is he a wild card? Is, is the wild dog the wild card of the group? You just don't know is. which way he's, he's going to go? Yeah, you don't know what he's going to do. He's he's out of control. He don't listen to nobody. And then um, you've got Ragman, who is like a sort of like metaphysical. He like has this cloak of rags that he gets to like oh, whip around. I know, I know that character. With. I know that yeah. character, yeah. And it feels like th- they are trying to complete compete with the comic bookiness of The Flash. But the Flash works because it embraced that early on, and it's always been good at that. I feel like the Arrow, it worked really well in that second season when it was Slade, you know, Deathstroke, yep. trying to take over the city. That was good. When it was him versus Ra's al Ghul, that was good. Mm-hmm. But, and even that sort of medical, metaphysical stuff was cool. But this is just, I don't know, it's a bridge too far for me. Well, and when you, when you put too many characters in there and you're always killing off characters, the stakes become less personal. 
And when they become yeah. less personal, you stop caring. The great thing about Arrow the first season is those deaths really mattered. Like when his remember when his mom died, his yeah. mom Slade just puts that sword right through his mom. You're like, oh, yeah. oh my god, like that that was like a heartbreaking moment. Oh. And now that you're just like killing someone off every season or a couple people every season, you're like, eh, yeah, there used know. to be like about ten characters, you know, between yeah. Merlin and the mom, and it was a yeah. personal family story that happened to have yeah. this superhero in it who wasn't even like. He was, he was just like the the the, the arrow, the mass vigilante, yeah. you know? And yeah. then it became like my super squad and my, my super friends. And then it yeah. became people were dying left and right and being brought back to life. And you're just like, there's no stakes. I don't care if there's no stakes. It's all potatoes. So let me ask you this. Are you watching Walking Dead? Yes. Uh, do you regret watching this season of Walking Dead? No. Okay. I, I did I'm not gonna... watch the last episode, so I don't know if something happened. I haven't there. watched the last episode okay. either. I just feel like I am just hate watch, not hate watching because I don't hate The Walking Dead. I feel like I'm watching it out of like, uh, like obligation, loyalty, yeah, like obligation and loyalty right now. Why? why, why uh, what's what's going on that you don't? There's, it's just this is it is the slowest show ever. Mm. I just want I want some more zombie fights. I get it. It's about how bad. The people are worse than the monsters. I got it. I understand that. But, but can, can I see a goddamn like... zombie, please? Can I yeah, see a zombie? Can I, can I see a zombie? You're like, you're like, somebody? Ro- like uh, Dana Carvey's Ross Perot. Can, 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 can I see a zombie? Can, can, I, can I get a yeah. zombie? Can I, can I see a zombie, please? Can I get a zombie? Can I get a zombie? And and here, only people our age will get that. If anybody younger is listening <laughs> to the show, they won't understand it. All right, so that's what we're watching. That's that. what we're reading. Can we make a shirt that says Ross Perot be like, can I, can I get a zombie? <laughs> so we got which we're, what we're watching what what we're reading uh let's let's talk um tell me your story let's go tell really your story here's my story, story here's my story, story then we'll then we'll do your then we'll do your interview so here's my story uh so i made a i made a big decision i made a decision i've got too many floppies sitting around my house and i'm i'm not like a giant comic collector i've only been back in for a short period of time and i don't buy nearly as much as like the dudes i see at the comic shop who buy 20 books a, a week right that's not me I pick up maybe one or two a week for the most part. But my pile's getting crazy, man. It's getting big. And so I made a decision because my thought process is, for me, it's always like this. Uh, I've, I went digital for comics. I finally went digital. I am embracing it. It's actually kind of nice. I read some at work today on my computer monitor. It wasn't perfect, but it was kind of cool. You know what I mean? Like, I got to read it right there. You're saying uh, that, but I'm looking at your face, and you have a sad look about it. Like, there's this look so, of forlorn... There is, and, and here's here's why. I believe you and I, Travis, are the last of the generation. And you're just a, you're a couple years younger than me, so maybe it's not as much for you. But I am like the first millennial. I graduated in I graduated from high school in 2000, uh, and so I'm supposed to embrace digital. But I feel really weird about buying something like a comic book that I can't hold and have tangible music because you never have to feel it you don't really look at it mm-hmm. i don't mind buying music digital i've always i've always been that was my generation was music digitally right that's when it started mm-hmm. with napster and, and all that stuff even, you and i would even Nap- cds i mean cds are yeah. i mean it it wasn't like you didn't have to brush off the record you didn't no, have to no. wind the tape all you did was just throw that thing on there yeah and so for me I love books. I love like physical books. There's something nice about holding my hand, knowing where I'm at in the book, feeling the sense of accomplishment when you're near the when you're near the end because mm-hmm. you can tell you're near the end. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't get that digital. But I read comic books I would not have found or read had I not been doing it digitally. That's true. That's that's the cool part. Now that I've said, you know what, I'm just going to go digital. I can be a little more. I can be a little more. uh, Yeah, I can be a little more collective, and I can also be a little more like um, strategic about what I'm buying. Well, because I don't have to go back and go, oh shoot, I've got to find the the actual issues of that. I can go. So I've got like uh, I'm using Comicsology. So I'm Mm. like, oh, I want to read this series called Animosity. And so what a light week, I'll buy issue one. It's in my wish list. I haven't bought it yet. Mm-hmm. But once I get a week where I'm like, ah, I only want to read, I'm only got like two books. I'll pick up that one and I'll read it. When if I were reading single issues at the comic shop, I'd have to try to find that in single issues. And my tastes are not always DC Marvel. In right. fact, they're really not DC Marvel, mm-hmm. even though I just gushed about uh, All-Star Batman earlier. Um, so the books I want to read, I don't always find at the comic shop. So if I, that's the that's the cool thing about going digital. Mm-hmm. I don't have to hunt; it's right there. The sad part about not being digital is like I don't get to feel comic books, mm-hmm. which is why I think I went and bought a stack of like, like pull me from the garbage comics right. at at Gotham City Comics. Um, but I'm reading stuff that I, I wouldn't have read. Like uh, I, I heard you know at another podcast we uh, that I listened to uh, had talked about Hadrian's Wall. I'm like, okay, I'll check it out. Um, I couldn't have done that easily in paper copy, but I just got it digital. I'm like, oh, I really like this. I'll read that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that Oni Press book, that Motro book, I would have had to order that way in advance to have it show up at my comic shop because it's not something they're going to carry. They don't carry a bunch of Oni books. And so I got to read that. I read some stuff, uh, some stuff, some stuff on Twitter that I found that I normally wouldn't have read, but it was digital. And I'm like, all right, I'm going digital. I'll, I'll get it. So I, I, you know, I read this one called uh, TRP, the Revolution Project, or Recreation Project. Uh, I picked up, uh, man, another one called uh, Corktown, which is about a, a, a vampire ghost in Detroit. <laughs> so hmm. it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think, Don't ask uh, I mean, I'm really sick of them rehashing that storyline over and over <laughs> right? again. Vampire ghosts. Uh, but for me, that stuff I would normally wouldn't have found, and so I think I'm I'm able to be a little more uh, a little more adventurous reading digitally than I was before. So right, that, especially my... when you don't have to hand them your card. Yeah, it just automatically yeah. takes it <laughs> takes it off your bank account. And it's Amazon, so I always feel like, oh, Amazon's fine, you know, yeah. like I, Amazon has all my money. <laughs> we really need to get one of those Amazon accounts so we can just refund our own money. You're right. We should. Back we should. Flash. Um, well, I think I think one of the things that I really like about what you said that I didn't think about when you go digital, because uh, I've been I do both. I'll pick up some things in digital, especially if it's something last minute that I want to read and I don't want to wait to get in the mail. Uh, I will do it uh, digital. But I like the I'm the same as you. I like the idea of having as not the oldest millennial, but certainly up there in the yeah. uh, hierarchy of millennials. I um I like having that physical copy in my hand. I like having it on my bookshelf. Although, uh, just the, with the trades we've done for this podcast alone, could fill up like two shelves, uh, you know. So I am. It is, and they're heavy. Like trades are heavy. Like trying to move yeah. those things around. What I like though is if you go digital, if you see something that you like or you're reading something that you're like, you can, you can when the by the time the physical copy comes out, you can really. Spend the fifty dollars to get like the nice hardcover jacket that's gonna look good in yeah. the bookshelf that you would actually love to read. Like Tokyo Ghost, they're in two volumes. In April, they're gonna have like this 
both volumes in one. It's going to have extra features in it. It's going to be like a nice bound book. It's going to be a beautiful book. And and I'm going to have two trades and be like, "Mm, I guess I can't buy it because I already spent $22 on these. Uh, (laughs) Well, where if I bought them digital, it would be easy for me to be like, I only have these digital. So, yeah. I guess I'm going to spend double my money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And here's the other thing, man. Comixology runs way too many sales, dude. Yeah. I was on there. I wanted. I've wanted to read Doctor Strange The Oath for a while. So it's the Brian K. Vaughn mm-hmm. uh, arc on Doctor Strange. And because the movie came out, they did a Doctor Strange sale. And I bought all of The Oath. People are strange all- when you're a doctor. Brian <laughs> I bought all K. five Vaughn. issues. All five issues for five bucks, man. Like a buck a piece. And I was like, I really wanted to read this for a long time. I haven't bought it because it's like. $15 to get the hard copy. I don't know if I want the hard copy of it because I don't know that I love it. You know, I don't know if I'm really going to dig it. Um, so I I bought the digital version of it. I started reading the first issue of it. I'm like, okay, I like this. We'll see We'll see what I think, you know. Um, I'm still going to buy trades because I love to have a physical thing. I love to give them to somebody. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. your bucket of why the last man. <laughs> like there's a, reason, there's a reason why you have a bucket of why the last man. So you can give it to people. Yeah, you just need buckets of comics. Guys, I want you to, listeners, go home, grab a couple of buckets, go into your closet, pull out some trades, put those trades in the bucket, and give them to a friend or an enemy who might soon become your friend because of that bucket. That's awesome. That's a good idea. Let's let's give buckets of comic. You know, in this trying, troubled time after the American election, the least you can do to show your fellow human being that you love them is to give them a uh, a five-gallon bucket full of comic huge books. buckets huge buckets, huge giant buckets. and they're orange go to go to home depot get the orange ones uh and reach out reach out to your to your loved ones and reach out an to the immigrant at home depot give them a bucket of comics too give them a bucket of comics <laughs> that's as political as we're gonna <laughs> like get your face <laughs> just your face just <laughs> your um, face just sank with sadness we can't talk about it. we're not gonna talk about it but we are no. gonna talk about Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about <laughs> you and me. So uh, as we uh, uh, start to wrap up the show today, we're not done yet because we got a little surprise at the end of it. Uh, I texted Josh the other day. I said, my dad just read Sex Criminals. And it wasn't like I handed him Sex Criminals and said, you have to read this book. I walked in on him reading it. and like, <laughs> yeah, We're his pants down. Yeah, and I was down. like, it was one of those, like, I just closed the door back quietly. I'm like, oh, okay. He's backed out really quietly. We'll talk about this later. We can't, I, don't, I, don't, I gotta wrap my head around this. Oh, that's great. That's and, great. I thought you gave it to your dad for, like, pure, like, you wanted to record it for the podcast, but I love that he read it himself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we had the whole story about, it's about a 10-minute interview uh, uh, here with my dad and what he thinks of Matt Fraction's uh, sex criminals. So uh, here we go. Hold on to your butts. It's a comic exposure interview. All right. I am here with my father, my Otosan, my haha, as we say, in, uh, Chichi in Japan, uh, George Ratz. Say hello, Dad. Hello, world. <laughs> this is his first podcast, uh, so um, we're going to see how it goes. And, Dad, uh, why don't you tell people when you were born? January 11, 1944. Yeah, so he's old. He's old. old. He's visiting me in Japan right now, and it's a weird turn of events. I walk out into my living room the first night uh, he's in town, Mm -hmm. and the TV is off, and he's on the couch, and he's reading. 
And a couple of things strike me about this. One, I don't think I've ever seen him read before. Uh, and two, he's reading a comic book, which got even weirder. It's kind of like seeing like a panda mate in captivity. We're like, wow, I don't want to disturb it. I don't want to acknowledge it. I just want to observe it and come to terms with it later. And then the third weird thing is not only is he reading, but reading a comic book, but he's reading Matt Fraction's Sex Criminals. Okay. So, Dad, how did you get a hold of this book? Well, this book came into my possession in Germany by my son-in-law, who said, pass it on to my son, because uh, he had already read it. So, I started reading it in Germany, but then... I couldn't read it on the airplane because of the cover, so I had to wait till I got here to Japan before I could take it up again. Uh, <laughs> you know, otherwise my better half was going to raise cane with me on the flight if people saw me reading it. So, do you, do you think that many Japanese people would be looking at what you're reading and be like, "Oh, sex criminals"? Oh, well, you, you never know. Somebody might be looking over your shoulder, or you know, passing by, and then all of a sudden you get a crowd around, and then the stewardess comes up, and you know, somebody might take the magazine from you, and you'll never get it back. That's so, right. The first person to get kicked off an airplane for reading a comic book. That's right. All right. You never know. So you did finish the first volume. We're talking about the first volume of uh, Matt Fraction's Sex Criminals, One Weird Trick. You finished the entire thing? Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Initial thoughts? Well, it's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Susie's a weird gal, I tell you. And uh, it it takes a while to get into it, but once you get started with it, it's kind of hard to put down. And uh, I'm kind of like to see some more of them but uh that's for another day it's for another <laughs> another trip all right so um have you what did you read comic books as a kid oh yes yes but that was superman comics and uh, uh batman type things you know never any sex comics <laughs> no sex comics no. uh when did uh so i mean if you were reading them as a kid like they i mean they're those are like five cent comics right oh yes and yeah but like I know, I know, Grandma wasn't buying those things for you. No, no, no. You'd you'd get them at the grocery store, or you'd get them at the drugstore. My uh, sister worked at drugstore, five and dime, you know, type situation. So it was easy to pick them up. Okay. So you read something like Sex Criminals. Um, does this? Did you know that comics could be like this? No, you wouldn't find those at the five and, di- five and dimes when I was growing up. Uh, no, you wouldn't. You'd have to put them in like one of those like black bags or something. Brown bags, matter of fact. You know, Brown bags. Unlabeled bags. Matter of fact, you didn't even see Playboys on the counters back when I was growing up. Now, kids back then, they used to like put like... I feel like that's the days where people would like put like a comic book. They just wrinkle up, throw in their back pocket, and then oh, get yeah. on their bike and... Handed to like ten of their friends. That's right. That's all you did with them. That's right. You didn't think about saving them or caring for them. You just just read them and you gave them to somebody else. That's all they were for. Yeah. No. So comics today. I mean, you still have a lot of superhero comics, as you can see from my shelf over there. Yes. Uh, but uh, a lot of a lot of writers are doing whatever they want. It's just become like another medium. Like there are 
um, comedy movies, there are action movies, there are romance movies. It's the same for comics. So just like there's weird kind of quirky sex movies, there's weird quirky sex comics. So what was your what was your favorite thing about this book? What do you think that it, it is that you're like, okay, I'll read this whole thing even though I'm not on the plane? Well, I I got started and got into it, and I was kind of curious to find out between her and her boyfriend because they kind of went on like a Bonnie and Clyde adventure going through, and I was trying, it was jumping back and forth between when she started out and then how she got in that situation, then when she met this guy and some of the sex moves that they were running together and so on and so forth, and then how she flipped back to how she started to learn some sex things and so on and so forth, but... uh then the robberies come into effect, and you're going, and the whole idea of him growing up and visiting Come City or Come World, and and his <laughs> when he gets stopped, when he gets caught, and yeah, Come World trying to swipe something and thing, and jumping and hopping all over the place to get out of it is, you know, that type of situation. So uh, it's entirely different story build up. So, it you know, it kind of reminds you of a little Bonnie and Clyde running away from the cops and everything. But I'm still curious in reading, I want to read more, is this third party comes in here. At the, the like end. the sex police. Like the, yeah, the, yeah, this yeah, yeah. Mystery gal. Uh, I haven't quite figured figured that one out. So, yeah, so this is this is like the first five of an ongoing series. Mm-hmm. So they collect them together, the first five, the second five, the third five. Uh, I think they're like well into the third or fourth volume of this. Oh. And so it's like a, a continuing adventure of these two. I actually haven't read the second one. I, I want to read it as well. Um, do you think this would make a better movie or a better TV show, like on like a HBO or a Netflix or something? Probably a TV show uh, than a movie. I, I you know, you're not gonna, <laughs> not going to get too many people going to the movies and watching it. But HBO where they can watch it at home, it would be more feasible. It sounds like an HBO show, like yeah. Sex Criminals. Yeah. Next time. All right, and final question: Of all the uh, the the sex positions they talk about in here, <laughs> which one was made you laugh the most? <laughs> I like the, I like the one with the uh, hair. The brimping, the, the brimping, brimping yeah. where you take your penis <laughs> and you comb it through the girl's hair. I love this one because the stick figure has got such a smile, like a yeah, happy, happy face, face on her. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that, that was, was one of our favorites. Uh, uh, if you go back and listen to our show where we talk about sex criminals with Ryan yeah. Furman, uh, I believe he liked the candle in the wind. Uh, I know I like the E.T. phone home, the Reese's Pieces. Yeah. Uh, E.T., the sex move. Uh, and I forgot which one Josh liked. The, the, other, the other one here is the, the, uh, the fleshy light Fleshy switch. light switch. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, you have it here, folks. This is a, a man in his 70s. Uh, his first uh, a comic of his adult life, Sex Criminals. We might yeah. have an addict in all, on our hands. No, uh, no, not quite. No, they no. just, well, at least he made my Christmas shopping easier. <laughs> so uh, I appreciate you sitting down, Dad, and uh, 
We will make sure that the when we buy you Sex Criminals, we'll give you the big hard Sex Criminals edition, which is a safe to read cover. Safe to read cover. So you can yeah. read it on a plane. Put it on there, you know, little Abner or something goes to town. <laughs> no one knows who that is, Dad. <laughs> no one knows who little Abner is. And now back to our regularly scheduled program. That was fantastic. That was fantastic. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for tuning into the Comic Exposure Podcast. Remember, you can find us on the internet at www.comicexposure.com. All of our old episodes are on there. You can hear Travis and I uh, go back and talk about sex criminals uh, with Travis's BFF in the world. Uh, we've got we an episode back there. You can find that, that one. I think we, I think we a little... have a good time. <laughs> it, it is very raunchy. You can go back and listen to us uh, talk about sex criminals. It's, it's in the archives on the website. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, uh, or really you can follow me on Twitter, who runs the, the Twitter page, uh, at Comic Exposure. I tweet out lots of stuff. It's been a while since hey, I've... Josh, uh, we're yeah. a team, all right? Now, we are. I we might are. be riding your Twitter coattails, but I would appreciate it if I could if I could be part of this Twitter world, too. I like Dude, to be, I would love I like you. to be part of it from afar. I would like you to take I would like you to take the reins every once in a while. I'm Feel free. You got some, the password. I'm going to tweet something today. I'm going to tweet something you, today. You, you hear, you've got You've got the reins. Uh, so you can you can uh, check us out on Comic Exposure uh, at Comic Exposure on Twitter on Instagram at Comic Exposure. I brought that one back to life. I resurrected our Instagram. I've been been using that. So uh, you can check that out if you're an Instagram person, not a Twitter person. Um, and then, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a couple more books coming up. We've got Sheriff of Babylon coming up. That's right. I think that's our next book, Sheriff mm-hmm. of Babylon. After that, we've got Prez. Uh, which is wonderfully timely about the we that's when we'll talk politics is, is when we talk about prez mm. uh, so we've got those two episodes coming up uh, those are gonna be two good books for us and then Travis and I got to sit uh, and figure out what the hell else we're gonna read that's so right. we've got prez or winter of Babylon books. and then we'll get some cozy wintertime books mm. uh, actually we'll be we'll be into January by the time we we pick books so uh, we'll be past Christmas. And we'll get new books for Christmas that we'll want to share with the world. Ooh, that's true. You uh, got some comics in your Christmas list? We're, we're going to have to have our uh, our annual yeah. uh, comic next, Christmas wish, yeah. wish list as well. Next variant episode <sighs> is a comic, a comic book Christmas wish list. I hear those so bells ringing in comics. It'll kick, off, <laughs> it'll kick off December uh, with the books that we'd love people to get us, and that's the one I'll make my wife listen to. Uh, <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. And uh, I hope you had a little bit of fun today, and we'll see you next trade.